What is up, y'all? It is uh, three-fourths of your Vols ATB crew. Me, Drew, and Alex here for another Wednesday with the family. Uh, coming in to break it down, you know, a lot of information in this one. Going to keep it short but sweet. Uh, obviously, live show in two days at Fox uh, Skybox in Knoxville. Obviously, a lot of, you know, recruit, recruiting information on football and basketball side, so a lot to dive into. But first off, Drew and Alex, how y'all doing, boys? Just living the dream, baby. Just living the dream. Another long day of work. A couple days till Skybox Bar and Grill on Friday night with Juice. And maybe another guest, you know, is pretty fired up about it. I think we've all been looking forward to this for quite some time. So, can't wait. Yeah. Hey, I'm just uh, I'm just glad to be back in the home state for once. Uh, feels good to be back in volunteer country. Um, I, went out, I went out in public and got complimented on a new Tennessee shirt that I bought by three different people. You don't get that in South Florida, so... I'm also living the dream. I'm just go ahead and say that, but super excited for the live show. Um, Friday's just around the corner, two more sleeps and we're there. So a lot to be excited about. Yeah, absolutely crazy. Only two more days until uh, live at Skybox Bar and Grill, uh, Southgate Street, Knoxville, Tennessee. Going to be a crazy one. Obviously host with uh, Juice Davis, me, Drew, Alex, and Lowe all meeting for uh, the first time. Lowe isn't here with us. She's out there securing another uh, partnership for the show. So it's just the boys here today. But obviously, let's go ahead and dive in to the huge two back-to-back days in the football recruiting week. Uh, first off, starting off with Ricky Gibson, a three-star cornerback out of Phoenix City, Alabama. A huge, huge pickup who had a legit offer from Georgia, winning a recruiting battle over the dogs there, over overall depth. And just the view, Ricky Gibson was, you know, uh, linked it to Coach Martinez and the staff and everything they had vision, getting a huge pickup there. And then the next day, getting a double boom back to back with the number 15th overall cornerback in the 2023 class, Jordan Matthews, out of Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Uh, obviously, over LSU, getting the kid out of uh, Baton Rouge over LSU. And then how heavy he was leaning to Texas. On three, the prediction meter had this kid as a 93% chance lean to Texas. I put out the tweet maybe 45 minutes, which I got word saying, uh, hey, I'm kind of hearing this thing might be going 50 50. I'm not hearing that's all Texas is going to be a shocker. He opens the box and pulls out the Tennessee hat and a crazy commitment. Really cool video. If you haven't watched it, you can go see it on his Instagram. Huge, huge commitment for Tennessee, uh, solidifying the DB room. This 2023 class, that DB room looks like the strongest position now. And how uh, take a bow for Coach Martinez, man, landing two of the top prospects on the DB board in back-to-back days. Crazy. So, Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think this was a thing that – all three of us discussed about maybe a couple months ago, how that we were concerned about the lack of, you know, defensive backs that were in this recruiting class and mm-hmm. for Heupel and Willie Martinez, you know, and this entire Tennessee staff were able to snag two DBs and two in back-to-back days. You know, I think it speaks volumes for, I mean, not only Heupel, but Willie Martinez as well. I think Willie Martinez is one of those underrated recruiters that we have on the staff right now. who doesn't get the respect as Birdman would say, the respect, the man deserves okay put some respect uh, on his name put some spec on his name absolutely <laughs> put some spec on william martinez's name he's one of the top two recruiters that we have on the staff and i think it just speaks to volumes as what what he can do on the field with you know the talent that he's had in the past and what he's put in the league so i mean ricky gibson was a big one uh i think honestly i mean i think he'll wind up being a four-star before oh yeah he should be before the end of the season, and Jordan Matthews is huge. I mean, that came out of nowhere, virtually had no shot, even though, you know, Brando and Austin Price both said, 
there's a little bit of chance. But yeah, top, 150, top 150 prospect, you know, and Sam Ellinger and, you know, and all those Texas boys, they can keep on saying that we're back. They're going to have to wait another few years. Oh, yeah, I, I agree. Obviously, the uh, Jordan Matthews one being a more surprise to the known fan base. Ricky Gibson, he should be a four-star. Actually, let's be honest, he was a four-star not even a week ago on on three. Yeah. And then when it came out that, you know, the, the rumor was going that he was going to go to Tennessee, uh, he so surprisingly dropped. It was kind of crazy. Still in the uh, 45th range, I think, of overall corners in the class. Definitely should, you know, go up. True corner. Um, that one was a crazy one. His parents actually had a, a wedding anniversary, which delayed his decision. And he was going to be uh, going to Georgia and then decided, hey, Tennessee's the better fit. That was all that. And then with the Jordan Matthews one, you know, even on the show, I think last week I hinted at, you know, the smoke that the family didn't like. They were kind of keeping quiet with the media and they didn't like the whole media interaction. And when you saw on the media, you go to on three rivals 24 seven and had Texas all along. And uh, Jordan Matthews chose the right UT, obviously chose us over LSU, too. And his comment on Instagram talking about, uh, yeah, Baton Rouge and Tiger Stadium is pretty cool. But, you know, Rocky Top and Neyland Stadium, it's something different. It's electric. And even his dad, the LSU alum seeing that was pretty cool. Like he was agreeing and nodding his head and happy for his son, obviously. So that was pretty cool. But uh, also, you know, looking at the DB room corner, especially Jordan Matthews, Ricky Gibson, Christian Conyer, uh, all three of those guys out of state going into someone else's house, walking a trap to go over your trap, whatever you want to call it, going into Kentucky, taking one from the coal miners, going into Alabama, you know, probably could have been an Alabama offer if Alabama didn't get straight studs in their roster, uh, get, get him over Georgia. And then go into Louisiana, Baton Rouge, and you get a guy over LSU in Texas. That's three huge pulls. You know, obviously it's been back and forth with this whole class and, uh, you know, missing out on some guys. But you go in there into people's other states and you land top talent. doesn't get any more impressive than that. And then a cool note, actually, uh, next week I'm going to be interviewing uh, Christian Conyer like live from my page. He's coming from Southbourne to Hendersonville High School. So I'm going to have a chance to do that. So that's a pretty cool opportunity. But this DB class, man, strong, strong, strong. Yeah, I want to say uh, Tennessee also rises to 13. This is all from on three that I was looking at. But Tennessee rises to the 13th ranked class in, in recruiting. They went up four spots with that commit, or I guess with both those commits. Um, we go up two spots in the SEC. We go up to fifth behind Bama, Georgia, LSU, and Florida. I don't know what's in the water at Florida. Uh, Billy Napier's been pulling people left and right recently. But, you know, to each their own, they still got to show up on game day just like we do. Um, but, yeah, y'all. I mean, y'all killed it with Ricky Gibson, the three-star out of Trustwell, Alabama. The tape showed really great pursuit, and it closes on the ball well, and we always need good tacklers, especially from our secondary. Um, and I really like the way that the staff closed in on him and got him to commit. That way we did have that one-two punch from him and then right into Jordan Matthews, like you said. A legacy commit for LSU that we just pulled right from them. And, again, he was wanted by Texas. I don't really care. <laughs> Apparently from uh, an, un an unnamed source on Twitter saying that Texas didn't want him anymore. Yeah, I, okay, whatever. I, you're not gonna give that's so cap. Yeah, no, I know you're talking about. We're not going to give that man the cloud of day. Let's but don't Texas... give the man any publicity that he's <laughs> I, mean, I, just, hey. I, to. I got to throw shade at Texas. Anytime. I will say, I will say I'm at fault of giving this man way too much attention on this podcast. But you know what? <laughs> Fuck that guy. All right. Okay. This man, this man had five visits to Texas, right? Like there was, I mean, and trust me, I'm thrilled to death that Jordan Matthews has come to Tennessee, right? But there is no reasonable sense whatsoever he should have come here after doing five visits to Texas. So yeah. for 
you know, for such and such to say that, you know, that they pulled his offer last second is a bunch of malarkey, okay? Pure nonsense. Fake oh, yeah. news. Hey, the same, yeah, both, both, both prospects 100%. Both, both prospects 100%. Uh, you know, Ricky Gibson with Georgia was 100% to take it in Georgia. Just the stacked up depth they have there and an opportunity at Tennessee. And, you know, Tennessee was actually his third offer. Georgia didn't offer him. You know, it's like four or five weeks ago, just barely hopping in here late. So obviously being early on the guy when they, uh, the staff first got here, that was key with Ricky Gibson. And then with Jordan Matthews, having him on the uh, official visit with Jakeem Jackson, John Slaughter, and the rest of the DBs with the safeties and the corners too. I feel like that week was huge as well. His heart told him Tennessee. Uh, and then, you know, getting that over Texas obviously was huge. I think everyone was stunned that he pulled out that Tennessee hat besides like the few that didn't know that it was as close, you know, more close than people really thought it would be. And, you know, to, you know, put that out and, you know, get that kind of thing and then to get everyone kind of hyped and watching and kind of uh, beat the crystal ball. I think that's what he kind of wanted to do the whole entire time. Uh, obviously, family didn't really care about the whole smoke and, you know, getting ruined for the moment. And I think he was all along in Tennessee. Like, he's been having great dialogue. So a huge, huge pickup. Number 15th overall corner. Uh, I don't know if y'all saw Alante Turner, uh, the other uh, New Orleans native, going there and showing love to the Baton Rouge kids, saying he made the uh, best decision of his life being a DB and coming to Tennessee. So obviously a commitment's one thing. If we can get him to signing day, this DB class is going to be absolutely crazy. Uh, recruiting, you know, kind of, you know, stands still there, having its moments surging and then stopping. And then now back-to-back days, landing two four-star corners, solidifying the defense. And now being honest, when you look at this class, you look at edge rushers, uh, linebackers, DBs in the 2023 class, I'm more excited about the defensive side of the ball than I am offense. Granted that we have Nico, the number three overall quarterback, arguably the number one quarterback in the country. That defense, man, it's stacked. And I think it starts always, I say, edge rushers and DBs. And when you have guys, three of those guys that can run like 4-4 speed and, you know, get to the ball quick, have height, it's going to be, you know, the key to success in the SEC. So, Yeah, absolutely. I think the only thing I can maybe ask for – Heupel and Rodney Gardner and Willie Martinez to do in the last four or five months before this class concludes is just try to recruit a couple more interior defensive linemen and offensive linemen as well because you can never have too many as far as nose tackles and especially offensive linemen in this conference. But I think overall, though, I mean, given the circumstances where two or three months ago that, you know, we lost, you know, Carnell Tate, Francis, Lucas Simmons, I think the turnaround has been nothing but short of impressive. So great job by Heifel. Great job by William Martinez and the staff. Uh, I mean, I still expect <clears throat> another few, three or four more commitments, I think, from this recruiting class. But I would say the core piece of it, though, is definitely more of a set, though. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's that's for sure. You know, Tennessee, obviously, you know, landing the two guys. But like I said last week, they're not going to be done recruiting the guys they missed out on earlier this year. Uh, Francis Malgoa, Lucas Simmons. Um, guys like C.J. Allen, the linebacker that committed to Georgia after his visit here. There's a lot of guys out there, even Tamari and Parker, who he committed from, you know, Penn State. Uh, Tennessee's obviously going to have dialogue. And then you've been hearing the rumors with Francis. Um, you know, he kind of committed early, only a month ago. You know, might not be solid. Who knows? If that opens up, I definitely expect Tennessee to be locked in there and be like a solid relationship, obviously, with Nico and the way the staff built it that quick. But, I mean, who knows, man? You never know until he gets a sign day, obviously. And if Tennessee can hold this class and then flip, you know, maybe a few guys on the offensive side, the defensive side of the ball, and get more involved with some receivers or, you know, an elite running back like Roderick Robertson out in, uh, you know, California, 
that'll make this class go from, you know, really good to elite and, you know, already, you know, a top five SEC class, but there's only, you know, Georgia and Bama, obviously hard to beat them, but I think Tennessee could definitely have like the third best class in the SEC and maybe a top 10 one, 15 in the country. So. Well, while we're on football, do you want to, uh, do you want to go into the polls a little bit, the preseason polls? Yes. Yeah. I was going to say, we got a, one of our, one of our listeners, uh, B Shablow was saying, uh, thoughts on Tennessee getting snubbed from the top 25. And uh, as y'all know, we did. <laughs> um, yeah. Alabama claims the number one spot, shockingly, with 54 first-place votes. But just them, Ohio State and Georgia, are the only ones that receive first-place votes. Um, Tennessee finds themselves basically right on the outside of the top 25 at number 26 uh, with 180 votes per the AP Top 25 poll. Uh, does anybody want to take that one away? Yeah, no, I, I definitely will because I'm definitely going to be the minority when it comes to this. I think it was fair. I like I, I don't think this is a like we don't we don't deserve to be in the preseason top 25. Like with all the returning pieces that we have on offense, and you know the improvements that we all expect on the defensive side of the ball, this team still went seven six last year. Okay, which is still an improvement from what we expected. But a seven six team from a year ago does not deserve to be in the preseason top 25 this year. And this team will be in the top 25 when we play Pittsburgh, you know, the second week because either Cincinnati or Arkansas or Ole Miss, one of those three teams are going to lose. So, and we'll have one of those spots. But, yeah, I think it was pretty reasonable. I mean, we don't need – we don't deserve to be in the preseason top 25 just yet. We have to prove ourselves out there. I mean, yeah, I'm going to agree with that, that we have to prove ourselves out there also. But at the same time, let's not act like we didn't have a top 10 offense. You know, we returned our offense pretty much on paper only losing Bayless and Javante. I think obviously reloading as long as Brew McCoy and someone else gets eligible, then, you know, that offense is going to go out there and put up points. And if you can score a lot, then that's going to mostly lead to wins as long as our defense, you know, at least wins some kind of possessions. But when I also look at that to argue that the reason why we do deserve to get in there, you know, Wake Forest without Sam Hartman, their quarterback, you know, being out uh, with his injury. And then, you know, Cincinnati, they lost their whole roster with Desmond Riddler. I don't know if they're going to be able to go in there and get into the college playoff picture again. It's kind of probably not going to be likely. Uh, Houston coming out of nowhere, BYU. I just think there's some teams in there that Tennessee very well could respectfully jump, respectfully with the level of competition in our schedule that we do play and the product that we did put on the field with a lackluster roster and a first-year head coach. I just think that, you know, with the returning talent and what we did add, even though it wasn't a lot with the freshman roster, like it's, it's a top 25 team. And to be like, you know, 26th out of all spots like we're not like 30th they're like all the way out 26th like right on the outside it just kind of feels like on purpose but i mean but we also have to earn it i, I agree 100 that we do have to earn it it's not like we're a top 10 team in the country like we're definitely right. not look but josh josh pate he you know he, with his model he dropped the uh <laughs> he dropped in the top 15 so look I agree with you that, like, this is a top 25 team. In fact, I would argue this is probably a top 15 team. I, like, I genuinely believe that team, this team has the potential to do that. But they take into effect what the teams did last year as well. Like, Pittsburgh deserves to be in the top 25. They won the fucking ACC. Cincinnati deserves to be in the top 25. They were in the college football playoff last year. Wake Forest deserves to be in there. They were in the ACC championship. They won their division. I mean, they won almost, I think they won nine games last year. But – even the worst teams that Butch Jones had, like that 2017 team, that team was a preseason top 25 team. And we're not going to argue here and agree <laughs> that that team was remotely a top 25 team. But they take into know. effect what teams did the year before. So 
it makes sense. And it's the right spot. Like, we're right there. But you got to win. You win convincingly in week one. And you win, you know, by a couple touchdowns in week two against a top 20 Pittsburgh team. You're looking at the Florida game, Tennessee potentially being in the top 15. So, they're in a good spot. It's not like they're, like, 40th or something ridiculous, you know. Like, it's a reasonable position to be at 26. Honestly, I kind of thought that we were sitting at the uh, – that we would sit at, like, the 30-35 range when when I was first thinking about how the season was going to play out because, uh, like y'all said, like, we went 7-6 and six and then we dropped games that we should have won. So, I think they see, like, our inability to close out those games that we should have won that probably hurts us and keeping us out of the top 25. But, again, I don't know that Wake deserves to be in there. And Kentucky probably has one of the softest schedules that I've ever seen, and they're sitting in at 20. Granted, I drew, I know how you feel about them. You know how we all feel about them. It like no, 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 don't don't twist it like that. Okay. I twist like what? No, I hate Kentucky, but they won the Citrus Bowl last year. They won 10 games. Like that's a team that deserves to be in the preseason top 25. And they're returning a top, allegedly a first round quarterback. Okay, so not that I would yeah, agree man. with that allegedly. Lost their star receiver, <laughs> might lose the running back for half the season. But it doesn't matter because they won the Citrus Bowl last year and they're returning their quarterback. Like most general people consensus are gonna be like, Okay, yeah, Kentucky won ten games last year. They're returning an all S preseason all SEC quarterback. Yeah, they deserve to be a top twenty five team. Like I mean, yeah, I mean there's there's legitimate historic. arguments for both sides though. I mean there's yeah, I mean, not, like I other side's wrong. I mean, I'm just. I could see us. I could see us higher, and I could see us lower at the same time. But honestly, then again, it doesn't matter where you start. It, it's all about where you finish. So, like, yeah, leave us out right now. But if we finish top 15, top 20, then like I'm way more content than like, oh yeah, we were left out at the beginning. But like, as long as we improve and we get better and we win those games that we're supposed to and have the season that a lot of us are expecting us to, I ain't worried about no nowhere we start in the preseason. Exactly. Well, we're getting it regardless, but. And- we are, and like we got ourselves to prove. But do you guys really want us to be there, like at twenty or nineteen, and then have all that pressure in week two going to the road at Pittsburgh at the ass, and having to win that game? Because if we don't win that game, we're out the top twenty-five. No, no, no. You're right. You're like, right. On the shoulders, they're in the right spot. They're they're going to be golden. Yeah, I mean, overall, that's you know, obviously you beat Ball State. It's bound to you know get in. First one out, so there's no reason we shouldn't be in going into to the pick game. But there's at least two teams that are going to be out of the top 25 in that preseason top 25. Yeah, I mean it's going to be completely different, probably. I mean, even Arkansas and Cincinnati play each other; they're both top 20 teams. So, like, we'll be in there. No also, need- random random question: How do y'all feel about uh? How do y'all feel about A and M getting up to six? I mean. Makes, I, think so, I think something where it was like Jimbo can pay all that money just to go eight and four every season. Well, <laughs> it's really better where they start because they always go go eight and four. Well, they always do go like eight and four or nine and three. It seems like every season. But like in his defense, though, I mean, he did beat Bama last year and got the number one recruiting class. So he, he pulled a fantastic class. It's yeah, just, I mean, so all those pieces got to play out. But so the hype is, I mean, the hype is valid. Now, are they going to be a top sixteen? Hell no. I mean, they'll probably be eight and four again. They'll lose to someone that's awful. Like they'll lose to like Auburn this year. Yeah. Just like yeah. Last year nice. when they lost Mississippi State on the road at home. So at home, because right. you know why they're Texas A and M. So they always get the hype, which I think is valid. They always get top five, you know, top three recruiting classes. But yeah, I'm not surprised at all. Yeah. So I mean, obviously a lot to look forward to preseason polls. Like this team, you know, returned a lot of offensive talent. 
defense, you know, trying to take that next step and, you know, get off the field this year, third down defense and, you know, stopping the QB runs, I guess to go ahead and drop in the, you know, this year's football, if we want to kind of scrub, uh, cover the scrimmage notes, you know, giving a shout out to the defense in that second scrimmage, uh, kind of showing out strong, making plays, going out in there, ripping the ball, you know, taking advantage of the, the time and, you know, showing out against this offense. Uh, obviously a lot to look forward to uh, on the offensive side of the ball. I think the big thing is kind of Dylan Sampson, that Brew McCoy, Brew McCoy, who's still not eligible, uh, kind of concerning as we talked about last week is the more it goes on, the more concerning it kind of is. I think the thought is that, you know, the USC paperwork is still the problem there, but, you know, it's kind of, you know, getting close and it's kind of starting to feel like that Cade May situation, you know, where he wasn't cleared to go the first week of the game. Uh, I think one of two things could happen. USC could either grant his release, which I don't know why that should be a problem with Lincoln Riley being brand new there and having no idea or anything involved with Brew McCoy, why he should hold him from being eligible. Or he could go the hard route, which will take time and maybe a couple games into the season. And that's for the NCAA to grant his waiver with as much as he's moved around going from USC to Texas back to USC. Obviously, if the if it goes down to the NCAA, I fully expect them to take their time with you know it being involved with us. Uh, obviously, they care more about basketball in the offseason right now than doing stuff for the NCAA football. It's you know two weeks approaching from tomorrow, so um, obviously that's one to watch out for. If Brew McCoy can't go week one or two, and he can't you know not even in there for the Florida or Pitt game, um, having to rely on a guy like Ramel Keaton or you know Walker Merrill, obviously that's a big hit to the offense. And that would definitely, you know, windle down the expectations going into week two against an opponent like Pitt, who is very well in the defense, knowing of how to play against Josh Heupel. Pat Narduzzi and Josh Heupel have met four times now. Narduzzi knows how to stop this offense, regardless of what kind of talent he has. And that game is going to be tough regardless. But if you don't have that outside threat on the other side of Tillman, that's where I get worrisome. Um, you know, obviously, you know, when he first came here, everything was all dwindled. But now as it counts down, getting more scary. Uh, I think we need Brew McCoy to be eligible, guys. I mean, I think it would definitely would help things a lot. But, you know, Jalen Hyatt has had experience playing that out in the outside as well, you know, um, playing out like multiple positions at wide out. And, you know, I, he's still the best wide, the best wide receiver that we've had from spring practice and fall camp, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Brew McCoy would be a huge addition. Don't get me wrong. But I don't think it's like a life or death scenario for Tennessee, though, if he's not eligible by Ball State. Uh, I just think, you know, with Squirrel White and Caleb Webb and Walker Merrill especially, who's had a pretty good couple weeks in practice as well, the depth that's there wide out, I, I think it's not as concerning if someone like Brew, who could easily be the second best wide out that we have this season if he doesn't come in first game. But going back to the scrimmage, Brando, I am quite surprised that you forgot to mention uh, Mr. Joe Milton's name. Oh my God, Mister oh, Missile hey, Man! He was bowling. He was spinning that thing. He's throwing Look, dots, bro. He Look, was spinning it. He, I'm serious. Like I've like I've heard from about two or three different coaches that they said that if there's any guy that's had as massive improvements and from compared to last year at fall camp, it's Joe Milton. I mean, they're saying that he's had more accuracy with the ball, more accurate with his deep throw, feel more comfortable in the system. And I think, you know, not that he's going to take Hendon's position by any change to the imagination. However, the one thing that I think we can stay confident about is the fact that if Hendon does go down, you know, with an injury or comes out for a few drives, we don't have to hit the panic button with Joe Milton be there at quarterback. 
Because, like, it sounds like the staff is more fired up and hype about him than they were even this time last year. And even when you talk to, like, Princeton Fant and Ramil Keaton as well, they've been speaking highly of him, too. And also, I would argue this gives him, you know, the, like, the improvements that he's made this offseason, that if he's not the front runner for the starting job in 2023. Oh, yeah. I mean, 100%. Uh, obviously, last year late in the Georgia game when he got in that late drive, we saw the twitch there kind of getting, you know, getting comfortable late when he kind of was, you know, not the starter anymore. And then, you know, this year, even with the highlights, you know, the bomb to Caleb Bell and Romel Keaton, his whole fundamental, his throwing form, everything kind of looks different, more polished, more like in the system with how kind of Hooker was kind of, you know, calmed down in the game. And obviously that can translate into the game. Like we always knew last year that Joe Millen was a baller as well in practice. But, you know, this year he looks definitely more comfortable, looks more polished, looks like, you know, he knows what he's doing and what like he's kind of reading in the offense. Like, Last year, he revived, you know, for three weeks and got thrown in there for Bowling Green as a starting quarterback. He didn't go through spring practice and barely went through fall practice. Going through a full year under the system, obviously, you know, is important going into year two. And I definitely think that 2023, uh, Taven Jackson, you know, I don't know if he's going to be ready. Joe Milton, two years under the system, definitely should be the quarterback one when it becomes to that as long as he's, you know, staying here and nothing drastic happens this year where, you know, something crazy happens. But, you know, definitely a guy, you know, that's, going absolutely crazy and you know being a leader even when you know something got took from him so and that's the thing too it's like this guy still has the potential in my opinion i mean i genuinely believe this like he's one of the most talented quarterbacks i think as far as an athlete perspective has come to tennessee in quite a long time i still think he has the potential to be an all sec quarterback and even to be an nfl quarterback someday like the talent is he needs to work on the mechanics but it certainly sounds like from everything that i've heard that he has worked on a lot of those, you know, gray areas uh, where he's need room of improvement. And I, you know, I think this should be like a very like, you know, big reliever for a lot of ball fans out there knowing that like if hooker goes down for some reason that like, it's actually going to be okay. It's not like we're throwing Garantano out there. So. <laughs> Dear God, Drew, you had to mention the guy hey, that threw his first play. NFL touchdown, yeah. man. Like you couldn't mention his first NFL drive. But you bring him down. I, I, it's crazy. Uh, you mean against like the high school players are out there for? Yeah. Like, Come on, Drew. Hey, if we I'm were having sorry. a great show, if we not talking, if we not talking about balls picks, we not allowed to talk about Garantano either. No Jeff Mashes, well, no like, balls <laughs> pick, no Garantano, <laughs> no Jeremy Pruitt. Bring up, bring two up, days away from the live show, who, we have to take this serious. Who who was I compared to? Like Justin Worley? Like what, people would be like, oh, whatever. Worley wasn't that bad, but like. It's true, though. When all of us, when we were at the Ole Miss game, or watching it, of course, when Milton came on that field that last drop, we were like, oh, fuck. Like, don't <laughs> act like that. Like, don't act like you weren't like But oh. you also, you almost also shoot your pants when you threw that ball to Cedric Tillman, and Cedric Tillman didn't go up high enough to get the ball. Well, I mean. I was, and he was also ran out of bounds. Drive was, okay? He didn't run out of bounds. Listen, okay. But. I'm just regardless, saying. regardless, the team looks way better than they did last year. Everyone's buying in for year two under the system, which is great news. That's po- positive impact, Drew. We need positive okay. impact. All right. Okay? Okay. The team like, looks great. The defense is thriving. The, the offense is great. Offense is going to be great. Everything's going to be great, except for the Florida game. But everything's uh. – God. <laughs> you know you have to you, you, you have to face me, a man bro. like look at him so eye to sweet. eye on 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 Friday. You have to look at a man eye to eye that's played Florida himself and beat Florida himself, and you have to confidently tell him a VFL that we're not going to beat Florida, <laughs> and expect this man to take. I don't think he cares. 
I am going to look, trust me, I'm going to look at those two, two VFLs in the eyes and tell them with a straight face that we're losing to Florida at home. I will. I, and guess what? I want the booze. I want the jeers. You know, I, I want it all. So I want all the hate. I want it all. <laughs> hey, speaking, speaking of uh, predictions, Drew, you are in second place of people or like of the prediction poll of people who think that you will lose the competition. Granted, it is, a, it is an absolute runaway for Lowe. Yeah. <laughs> Lowe, Lowe's in it uh, at 48% of 100 votes. So she dang near has 50 people saying that she not going to win. Granted, I'll say, ten and two. I'll say I'm in last. So people got most faith in me and then Brando and then drew you in at 20%. So you got about 20 people saying it. So hey, even, even with your hot Florida take, which is extremely scorching hot that we're going to lose. Stupid. People still got faith in you. Yeah, you know why? Because I bring facts and <laughs> to the table. All right? I don't live in rainbow land like you two. All right. Oh, man. Let me drink my that, dude. <laughs> you know how many times today, you know, 15 days away that I went on YouTube and searched up, you know, Jawan Jennings, Hail Mary, and just, yeah. you know, watched it on repeat? I did that and I watched this year's Kentucky game because it was just, it was great to watch. But all in all, man, like 15 days and then two days until our live show will be 13 days, barely over two weeks or under two weeks. And I mean, we're all going to be there besides Alex at the Ball State game, I think. Of course, going back yeah. to the fucking Florida land, disgusting. Yeah. But I mean, I would never. that's going to be great. You know, Ball State, obviously, you know, around the corner. Uh, I expect the full rundown. I think it's going to be a packed, packed house, obviously, with the renovations. Year two, I think it's already like 85 something, something tickets sold. Like, thousand tickets sold so that's a huge number if that place didn't even get you know close to packed out last year the bowling green game like what it was like seventy five thousand. uh awful was, i was you know i was up there in the upper deck with all the you know the common working people like myself and it was, <laughs> it was not a not a good showing in the upper deck by any stretch yeah I, I was down there in m so it's it's always packed but i mean yeah. like obviously this year going to be different i think everyone's hyped for the renovations the videos coming out look absolutely crazy the vol letters. I think that's the first thing I'm going to do when I get to town on Friday morning is go to Neyland Stadium, take a picture of the vol letters because those things are beautiful. Uh, I do have to say, I drove through campus yesterday. I've seen that. And it's even more beautiful in person. Yeah, like, really? Oh, my God. Uh, it's perfect. Hey, I, I might, I I might cry real tears. Thing, bro. I'd be going and seeing, I'd be going and seeing Neyland. I'd be watching them put them signs up every day. I swear I, I would. Golly, that makes me so happy. Good. Absolutely gorgeous. I'm literally walking in on Friday, just like I own the place. But <laughs> Drew, I guess before we hop in, you know, to the live show one more time, uh, basketball yesterday after the two huge commitments for football, Rick Barnes, big old Rick Barnes, landing a commitment from four star uh, combo guards, shooting guard, point guard mix, uh, Freddie Delone, huge, huge pickup for the Vols and the basketballs. Tell us about this guy. Yeah, you know, another, I mean, you know, uh, Rick Barnes has lost a lot of, you know, progress on the recruiting trail the last couple months. But, you know, big pickup, four-star Francis DeLone, top 100 overall player, one of the top five players in the state of North Carolina. Had a really impressive offer list with Virginia, Georgia Tech, Louisville, Alabama, LSU, just to name a few. You know, he's the type of guy where, like, you know, Rick Barnes described him as an alpha scorer. Like, one of those guys where, like, if you got a game on the line, a few seconds left, trying to hit a buzzer beater winner, He's the guy that wants the ball in his hands. And I think that's a guy that Tennessee has been missing for quite a long time, probably since the Grant and Admiral days, if not even Jordan long. Brown types thing. 
Um, you know, type of guy where, like, he's great from the three, you know, plays has improved tremendously under defense, but he sets himself up where he allows his other, you know, teammates out there to get brand-new opportunities on the corners as well. So, a big pickup. Surprisingly, with uh, not getting that many commits this year, uh, Tennessee actually has the number 11 recruiting class with two four-stars. So, not sure how, but I'm all for it, though. Uh, and I expect, you know, this will just be the fall of the dominoes for Rick Barnes and this uh, recruiting staff. So, big pickup. Always good when we get a four-star four come here for basketball. And I think it's just the beginning for uh, Rick Barnes in this 2023 recruiting class. Yeah. Is, is the other guy, uh, Cade Phillips, is that, is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, Cade Phillips, I, the guy that, you know, the Alabama, the Alabama legacy. We took over Alabama and Auburn, obviously coming to Tennessee under Rick Barnes. And then also getting, you know, a four-star combo point guard. Uh, they can probably play all around shooting his assists, his passing, everything that can be, um, you know, having that, you know, obviously getting a guy down low and then another guard, we're going to about to lose, you know, Scovey and Triple J and a bunch of guys, uh, Tyree Key, you know, I think he only has one year or two years left. And you obviously have, yeah. So, yeah. So you have really just BJ Edwards that'll bring in this guy coming in for the 2023 class. And then obviously Tennessee last year finishing really, really strong with Julian Phillips. He's probably a one and done as well. So, you know, you probably have to go out there and get another small forward or elite guy. And we know how Tennessee is, you know, with the recruiting, uh, obviously a huge pickup after it being so dry. Uh, hopefully it can pick back up with all this, you know, hopefully this pickup will, you know, lead and make a domino effect if we're lucky in basketball. But we obviously know that when it comes down to the wire before, you know, next year, Spire and, you know, Rick Barnes are going to buckle down for some top prospect as, you know, and probably try to win out there. So, I think all in all, nothing really to worry about, but you definitely have to reload because there's a lot of guys like, you know, Vescovi, Triple J, Cam Law, and some other guys, Euros, that are going to be leaving soon. And, you know, the future of Tennessee basketball is kind of looking unknown. You got to build that picture. So, Well, I mean, it's definitely going to be a large overhaul overhaul for sure. This will be the largest recruiting class that Rick Barnes has ever had during his time at Tennessee because you're replacing about seven, eight, even potentially up to nine from this year's roster. However, though, I mean, if history has shown Rick Barnes, you know, right around September through December is when his recruiting picks up. And I think it's going to be a fantastic tactic for him on the recruiting trail to be able to tell these kids that they're going to have the opportunity to play as a freshman. And he definitely has the resume to back that up with, you know, just with Kennedy Chandler and Keon Johnson, Jason Johnson, just to name a few. So I think this is, I mean, a good pickup, a good start. Uh, definitely no need to panic. I don't think I don't think next year we're going to have as good of a team as we had we will have this year. In fact, I think this will be the best team Tennessee's ever had in basketball history. Hot take for you. Final four. Back to back SEC champs. I I, I genuinely believe that. I can I, see it. I think I regular, regular season and tournament. So Ooh. hot scorching hot take there for you. But damn true. We as long as we have Rick Barnes under the helm, you know taking control of this basketball program, we're going to be in good hands. So, Yo, Alex. What? Uh, basketball, Drew, and Florida game, Drew, were completely – Why was I about to say the same thing? My gosh. I was about to say, bro, how do you flip How do you flip from like, being like, oh, my right. gosh, we just can't beat Florida in football. Granted, is it true? Yes. But we just never going to do it. I'm just – No, hold on. No, 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 no. No, you had a turn. You had a turn, Drew. Unbelievable. Just can't do it in football. I, Florida, <laughs> Florida just won't let us. And I'm I'm preaching facts. And then he's like, Oh, Mr. Rick, 
you will lead us anywhere, <laughs> no matter what. The Rick Barnes, Lord and Savior. All right. So they are like two oh, different opposites. No. That's weird. Let's bring. Drew, you, are you not on the hype train? Let's let's bring you back down to reality. The reason so is because Rick Barnes has proved himself time and time after again with this basketball program, consistently made us a top fifteen team over the last six years. Okay. He's also, one game. also won I, us I first. He also won us our first SEC tournament in forty-five fucking years. I mean, freaking Burt Ball Network was a player the last time we won the damn SEC tournament. So I think it's very valid to have, you know, to say praise and have confidence that we will be good in basketball. But at the same time, though, not have confidence in us beating Florida because. We've only won one fucking game since 2005 against them. So it's a valid argument. So put that in your pipe and smoke it. I would love to. Don't have a pipe. But you give Hypo, you give Hypo one chance to beat Florida, and then you're like, oh, we just can't do it ever. Oh, my God. Like, like Florida's just like, going to be our dad forever. Okay, that's fine. This year's different, Drew. You know that if it ain't this year, then we just need to, like, just find a new place you know to play. You know how many times I heard if it's if it's not this year, Vince, never? I've heard that for 2014. I've heard that for 2015. I've heard that for 20, 2013 and 2012. Okay. What about 2016? Oh, wait. Yeah, hey, yeah, hold on. You, you stopped it a year. Oh, wow. The one time that we beat them since I was five years old, whoopie fucking do. I mean, my God. Like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> it's two complete different things. And there's a reason why there's two different arguments. I'm not going to be like, oh, my God, Tennessee's amazing. No, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to look at the facts. I'm going to live in reality. You can go live in your communist rainbow land over there. All right. I'm going to stay here and down reality. Oh my Unbelievable. gosh. Dear God. <laughs> Ladies and I just gentlemen. Love, I'd love to get turned up about Florida Drew. Florida Drew, probably my favorite. <laughs> oh, well, and, he, and he's still going to be there in Neyland Stadium, you know, cheering it on, singing rock. Hey, we can score, score a touchdown. Drew will be sitting oh. there. Uh, okay. All right. So let me just, I wasn't good enough to beat Florida. We let, scored let, points and they're like, I just can't do it. Let me get this straight because I don't think we're going to beat Florida. I don't deserve to be there at the stadium. Like, I know we're going to lose to fucking Alabama this year, but I'm still going to cheer and hope they win. Like, I'll hope we beat Florida. I hope I'm wrong. But history has been on my side with this argument for quite a long time. God damn. <laughs> Dear God, we really have to get you and Juice, you know, sitting down on Friday. And, you know, like, I think it's going to be like a huge segment for the live show is, you know, you and Juice Drew getting this on. topic off your shoulders because it is becoming, you know, I thought CG when he came in here and, you know, set you straight, he only gave you like apartment, you know, adjustment. We need the full AA attitude adjustment. That's know, maybe from say. maybe from the gator killer himself, Juice Davis. You know, I think that's what it's going to take. I mean, like, I would love to hear his argument, but I'm going to tell him, like, listen here, it's not 2004 anymore. Like, this is 2022. Like, Dear you're God, Drew. like, no, like, we don't have Casey Clawson on our team anymore. We don't have you know the Iceman, the Gator Killer himself. Like, times have changed. All right, and that's all right. Like, we're getting, <laughs> but this year we're just history has proven otherwise that like we can't beat Florida at home. So you're, I, so you're, you're scared of you're scared of Billy Napier. That's what you're telling me. I'm scared of him, but like we lost he's to freaking like Shark Humper and Will Musk. <laughs> so like, what's what's for me to think Dear that God, Drew. Billy this is supposed to be a short <laughs> mini episode promoting the live show, and you're fucking like, bro, you're short. <laughs> The ones that went on this the last five minutes. This is ridiculous. It's not my fault that I called your fucking bias out between Rick Barnes and Josh Heupel. Two completely different attractions in your mind. Rick Barnes could literally like 
I, never, never mind. No, no, I can't. No, because his <laughs> disappointing years where recruits have not panned out. I will admit that with Keon Johnson and Jaden Springer. Regardless if you like this opinion or not, they were both kind of bust in Tennessee. We didn't even make it past the first round. So, yes, I, he has his faults in the tournament, but he's the second best coach Tennessee's ever had, and it's not even close. If Rick Barnes walked in the Skybox Bar and Grill on Friday, Drew would treat him with the most like the most special. Drew would, Drew would carry him on his shoulders. The Deshaun Watson treatment, <laughs> no. like it's just. I think it's being ridiculous. Rick Barnes don't want to take a bite of food, and Drew would Drew would dab his face. He would be like, "Here, Drew, we have a live show in two days, regardless. August nineteenth. You like it or not, Rick Barnes is the greatest basketball coach in the modern era for Tennessee. That is facts. You cannot yeah, argue. He was better than Bruce Pearl. So, and you cannot deny that. And if you're just denying that, then you're just a hater. Like, you're just, you just hate. You got hate in your heart. You don't want to accept reality. And you know what? That's okay. But, like, you know what? I like to accept facts. I like to be in reality. I don't know about you two, but I do. I mean, I think you know me and Alex very well, Drew. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a live show in two days, Friday, August 19th, 22nd birthday of me, no, no big deal or anything. Obviously a live show with uh, Jabari Davis, Juice Davis, me, Drew, Alex Lowe for the first time. Lowe out here grinding this in the last two weeks, uh, you know, promotional reasons. I hear securing bags for the brands, getting this all paid. So very, very well. Um, obviously after the show, two weeks from football, very huge. But Drew, Alex, two days, uh, the polls going for the final punishment, a bunch of things at stake. The, you know, the, the big costume surprise, they say, you know, $70, you know, gift certificate, best dressed balls fan to come in the skybox, super important. Also crazy challenges with the most hottest wings, they said, if you can complete that, some crazy vol gear and some extra stuff. So obviously everyone's encouraged to come. Skybox Bar and Grill will have the address and a full flyer on our Twitter and be promoting it for the next two days. Uh, super, super excited. Uh, Drew, Alex, how do y'all feel? Fired up, man. It's going to be, it's going to be awesome there on Friday night. It'll be a great way to start, you know, start your maniac hour, 22 birthday for Brando, you know, all, but I'm sure he's feeling 22. So, you know, I don't know. Uh, no, but I mean, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be great seeing everyone out there. Our first little live thing. First time all of us are going to meet together, which is kind of Thanks. So exciting. You know, it's going to be a great time. Definitely come out and join us. No, we, we really been doing this for eight months and have yet to all be in the same physical location. <laughs> eight months? No shot. Well, me and Drew, me and Drew didn't get on until January. Right. That's yeah. fucking crazy. And I was yeah. before, that's wild. Yeah. Crazy. Okay. But, no, yeah, we got we get to uh we get to celebrate our first live show. We get to celebrate at Skybox Bar and Grill. We get some good food, get some good drinks, get to celebrate the birth of the legend himself, Mr. Brando Ball Scoops, all the nugs that he's always dropping. Um, but yeah, speaking about those polls, um, I did kind of screw the baghead karaoke because I I only had so many characters I could explain like what that was. Um, but Date with a blow-up doll is holding on to a very slim lead over getting tased and eating a ghost pepper. So make sure you check those that tweet. It's uh, pinned on our profile for as the punishment poll. And then there is the prediction poll right under that, who you think will be the loser of our season prediction. So just a little fun game that we're playing, but make sure y'all vote on those. Um, but no, I'm super excited. I'm super excited to hang out with y'all and just kind of 
kick it, kick it with Jabari for a little bit. And then our other unnamed guests that we are still trying to figure out, but it's going to be dope. I think if you're missing it, then you're missing out. So. Oh yeah. I think, I think my perfect idea of the whole blow up doll thing is like, like a picture in a Waffle House first date kind of nervous kind of vibe. Yeah, that, that's that's yeah, that's, like, that's gonna that's gonna be Drew, and I don't know how you know his you know fiance with you know it's gonna take that with him having to, you know post a blow up dog because if Drew's predicting us to lose to Florida in his official prediction on Friday, I think Drew's gonna you know kind of be upset when he has to have a date with a blow up doll. But she, obviously, she's not huh? gonna be that's for sure. She will not be a happy camper with this. But <laughs> sorry, so I'm not gonna take I'm not gonna take to the blow up doll if I do lose, of course, which I won't because I don't lose. Um, I won't, you know. I'm not gonna take him to a Waffle House, okay? You know, I got a little bit more class. I'll I'll take him to the fancy dinner at Calhoun's on the River or Ruth Chris's. You know, I'm at least gonna enjoy. <laughs> no shot. There's no. There's no. <laughs> they let you in the shot. door of Ruth Chris. There's no <laughs> shot. Bro. Hey, here's my date. It's rubber. <laughs> the host is not letting you in, bro. No shot. <laughs> Who that trick you came with? Like, what? <laughs> Not gonna let you in. Like, are discriminating. Okay, this is like you know. I thought this was 2022. I thought we were open. This to is everything. Tennessee, not Kentucky. We, we we just don't do it here, um, boys. Well, and have electricity. I mean, so yeah, they live off coal. Yeah, we understand. That's, that's why they're called coal miners. Yes, um, boys. Live show two days. Gonna be a fucking pleasure. Uh, any last notes? Obviously, the huge recruitments, basketball and football. Um, horns down as always. Sark, you know, is out there drunk somewhere respectfully um any last note before we close this off and you know expect for a huge huge friday no i mean uh other than the fact that i love that we try to have a uh, 20 minute episode and we're at yeah thank, thank you drew so, so what it takes yes uh, no no you're the one that started andrew have to make a comment Both we agree that it's drew's fault alex uh, for Florida man, Drew. all right thank you <laughs> yeah Lowe's gonna be pissed at well, us, but okay all right someone someone get the poll out we'll see what the audience thinks so but now nah. Fired up for Friday, boys. It's going to be a hell of a time. Drinks are going to be flowing. We're going to be partying. I'm going to be yelling, and I'm going to be My mother's going to hate me. Off, so I'm looking forward to it. Oh, yeah. My parents are going to see a different side of me, so that's going to be interesting. Uh, but, yeah, no, I'm, I'm just stoked. I, I can't wait to get up there. Uh, I don't even want to – like, I want to go to sleep, but I don't because I'm so dang excited for this. But uh, we still got we still got people in the, in the Twitter feed saying that we think Drew loses, so – that's all I'm gonna say. That's kind of crazy. Down, I'll I'll personally, say. I wouldn't take that level of disrespect, but that's just me. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> we beat Florida. I don't give a dang. We beat Florida. What's that? Yeah. Uh, obviously, boys, pleasure. Huge episode, ladies and gentlemen. We hope to see you Friday live in person in the flesh. Uh, horns down. Huge recruitment. Let's see if that can keep on going. Obviously, football on the way. And uh, stay tuned for Friday. We hope to see y'all there. Skybox Bar and Grill, South Gay Street. Be on the tune out for Twitter in the next 48 hours. And uh, I guess with that, go balls. Huge W episode. And we'll see y'all next time. Go balls.